some of you have already cast a ballot, either by mail or in person. Others waiting to vote in person. We've got less than a month before the November 3rd general election. Can you believe it? Well, we want to give you a complete lay of the land of who's on the ballot, what's on the ballot. And if you are in the 18th Congressional District, you do have a choice. Incumbent Republican U.S. Representative Darren LaHood or Democratic candidate George Petrilli. He joins us now to talk about his candidacy and why he thinks that uh, he should take that seat. Uh, George, thanks so much for taking time with us this morning and uh, greatly appreciate it. Good to have your contact so we can uh, touch base with you a couple of times here before the uh, the election. Uh, so I guess just uh, tell voters out there in the 18th Congressional District who you are and why you want to be a U.S. representative. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so initially as an introduction for those people who don't know me, I haven't been politically involved, um, especially out in the forefront for a while. Um, I'm an attorney here in Springfield, uh, born and raised here. Uh, I currently live with, uh, here with my wife and our, our young two-year-old son, Teddy. Um, I, I went to uh, University of Illinois for undergraduate and uh, studied uh, chemistry and, and biology for a while, graduated with an economics degree, then went to the Capitol to work for a little bit in legislative affairs uh, for a couple of state agencies. Uh, from there, I ran for alderman in 2007, so a few people around here may know or recognize my name. Um, I, I lost that election and then went to law school down in Southern Illinois in Carbondale in 2010. I graduated, moved back to Springfield and practiced for a number of years, opened my own firm for a little while, and in the process of all of that, did a little bit of a career change, then worked as a firefighter in the city of Peoria for two years, from 2016 to 18. After that, I got married and had a, had a child, and then I, I work now here in Springfield again as an attorney. Um, I also work uh, not as a only as a litigation attorney, but also as a patent and sort of business advisory attorney. Uh, I'm a registered patent attorney as well. A lot of what I've found from just my experience with people talking to them, and I, I do a high-volume practice, so I see and speak with people all over central Illinois. I think of the 102 counties in Illinois, I've appeared in about 80 of them in court and talked to people. So I've noticed a pattern of of issues that really have come up that I don't see being addressed by our current representation locally here at a state level or even on a federal level. And they really concern me because they're really good people, hardworking people that have been just caught in between representation and the economy and, and issues that are bigger than themselves to be able to fix. Uh, one of the things that I, I mean by that is that there's a lot of people that have health insurance or have had health issues come up and that drives them into bankruptcy. It, it gives their family this financial turmoil that they're not able to come out of because also economically we see it over the last years and, and decades and i've seen especially in small communities in, in different counties where you see even the town square all the, the buildings aren't filled or they're boarded up there's less and less and less economic opportunity for young people to come back here bring their new talents and education and begin and to continue to grow economies and continue to build businesses because the economics are such right now that they're not focused on helping small communities do that um, i know our current representation, current administration would tout their economic policy as being outstanding or one of the best in history. And but some of the metrics that you use for that aren't necessarily what's going on in our, our local communities, especially here in central Illinois. Uh, so one of the, the things I mean by that is when you look at essentially a stock market index or a national unemployment rate and say that that's somehow reflective of the greater economy is misleading because the stock market index reflects the values of businesses at that time. And if you, there are policies that allow them and investors to be able to make short-term money and those rates go up, it may seem like the economy is great. But then if you talk to people locally, it's 
the real important things are what are your wages now? What are your confidence in your employment? Can you and, and that's and that's and that's going to vary state by state. We're talking with 18th congressional yeah. district Democratic candidate George Petrilli. He is running to uh, oppose uh, the current incumbent in that seat, uh, U.S. Representative Darren LaHood. Uh, George, a pretty well-rounded career there uh, in law, in practicing law, to being a firefighter. <laughs> so I mean, that's it's a, diverse, it's an interesting, sure. <laughs> yeah, an interesting spread. Uh, stay with us. I want to take a break just to be sure that we have plenty of time with you and then we'll talk about some of the things that you hope to do uh and maybe some of your positions on things like uh the second amendment or uh the size of government or uh maybe if you want to share with us uh the the uh progressive income tax where you stand on the so-called fair tax uh so we'll get to your thoughts on some of that coming up here right with wmay george thanks again for taking time with us today and we'll definitely connect with you again in the near future we got six minutes here tell us what you would bring to the office of u.s representative that's not there now what kinds of things would you focus on what kind of policies would you drive home uh and uh overall uh why should people um select you when they go to the ballot certainly so um essentially what i well the reason i'm running is because i again i think i see these issues that are there that aren't being addressed and a lot of the reasons for that um, go a little bit deeper than just one representative versus another. Uh, the reason that I'm running also is there's a lot of bit of a lot of money in politics that I think is corrupting the real representation of elected officials for people. So I don't take corporate PAC money. I don't now. If I run again, I won't ever. I don't. I'm not interested in taking any lobbyist money. I've returned a number of donations from people that I consider friends because I think even the perception of having that corruption is bad. And if you have to think twice about it. Um, and I'll, I'll point directly to an example is healthcare, and one that I've been talking about a lot is I think we need to expand Medicare immediately to anybody that wants to get on it and understand that a for-profit healthcare system is always going to come up short to the people that need it most. That means people of low income, people in rural areas. And the argument now that people are making is that if we did move to that, all the rural area hospitals would have to either close or would suffer serious service cuts. When it's exactly the opposite, because you would you would adjust the funding structure. But the people that are saying that, that push that narrative, are taking money from people that make money off of that from health insurance companies. So I don't think, and that's just one specific issue. So what I want to bring is real representation and real solutions that are motivated by what people are facing and how we're going to be able to solve those. And we need more than just a strategy that says we're going to try to do things in the short term, but we also need short and long term plans. So again, for the healthcare example. I think that we need to say that the and we can look at this objectively from standards from other countries and just the numerics of it is it basically says there are always going to be a shortfall. We pay more for health care. If you want to talk about how we're going to pay for this, we already do. We pay more than we would need to to have health care that allows that covers everybody who needs it and who wants it. And so we, we need to look at those as a long term. Is this how we're going to do it and then how we're going to do it in the short term? Well, and, and if I could, let me let me ask you if I could sure. about this idea of uh, offering up some kind of public option for people to opt into um, some of the criticism that there is there uh, says that that could be you know the, one of the first steps taken to get rid of private insurance. Uh, would do you want to get rid of private insurance and even those policies that uh, union members have fought for? No, and I wouldn't mandate that because I don't think uh, there are some people that call for that to just say Medicare for all immediately. That's all. That's the only option there should be. And no, and I don't think so because there's a lot of those that are negotiated with you know with union members with other businesses that want to offer benefits as part of a package for compensation, which is completely right. fine. And you know, as we are in America, I believe that choice should be there. 
but the public choice. And when we talk about the economics of that and what that does for people, it frees them up to be able to invest in businesses. It frees up small businesses to not have to have such a burden of health care. Because that amount on a small business that only has a number of employees that wants to offer that to them, that, that's a real bottleneck on their expansion and growth. And as far as our smaller areas for cities and rural areas, the growth of those types of small businesses is really where we're going to see economic stimulus drive. And it's not from companies doing well in the stock market, and it's not from the national unemployment rate. It's are, do all of these companies and all of these people have what they need to be able to thrive and grow? Because everybody kind of wants to move to that point. But if you're trapped in a job that's either underpaying or underperforming, you have skills sets that are not being utilized that you want to sure. use, you might not leave that job because you have family that has pre-existing conditions that won't be covered. You, you have family that needs health insurance, but if it's not tied to a job, economically, you, you release all of that to allow the economy to grow. And so when you talk about how that hurts the economy, it really doesn't. It actually opens it up, especially in areas like Central Illinois. In our conversations, uh, you weren't joking whenever you said that uh, you'll be able to fill two segments up easily. Uh, we're talking with George <laughs> Petrilli. He's running for uh, Congress in the 18th Congressional District as a Democrat against U.S. Representative Darren LaHood. Uh, let me ask you about the state of Illinois. Uh, should we get a bailout? You know, so, I mean, it's short term. It, it doesn't want to make sense. You want to, you want to stabilize the economy and you want to stabilize the programs that will be cut and that are being cut because the the economic downturn of, you know, for a number of reasons, but also from COVID. But that proposal and what you saw from Representative LaHood, it does nothing to help stimulate the economy locally and long term. So to say, well, let's do a short term bailout. Well, we're not addressing any of the problems that created a lot of these issues. And one of them is the underfunding of pensions. And if people want to eliminate public pensions or, or pensions in certain systems, we need to say that and be uh, create sort of an alternative that makes sense for the people involved and not just say things like, oh, well, the pension system is crippling the economy. When you, if you look at the numbers, that's really not what's going on. So when we talk about a bailout short term, it, it would be great to get local municipalities and state governments to get them extra money influx, but it needs to go directly to people so that they can stimulate the economy through demand and not the, the downward with the supply side Reagan economics, which is proven to not work. So if there is a bailout that would come to local areas, to state areas, it needs to get directly to people so that they can spend in local restaurants. They can go into so, local stores. So you wouldn't, so you wouldn't support from the ground up. You wouldn't support giving uh, the state of Illinois five billion dollars for its state budget because that's what's laid out right now in the in the state of Illinois budget is it reliant on uh, five billion dollars from the feds. Well, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure I would support it because it'd be, it'd be crazy not to, especially in the short term. But again, when we talk about those things, we need to make sure we open it up to solving the problems that have caused those shortfalls in the sure. past. And I think right now what we see is the progressive tax that, that has been brought the fair tax is one of those policies that do that. But then you have the same people that fight against both. Well, but hold on. How, how, does the, how does the uh, so-called fair tax, a graduated income tax, how does that change the policy of nearly a quarter of every tax dollar coming in going to pensions? Well, it changes the policy because of the economics of how essentially everything works in Illinois. So when you uh, change how the, the what the funding structure is, it changes somewhere the dynamic of where other money can go. And so if you have more money available locally, you're not underfunding other things to try to get projects done to essentially what happens in a lot of small areas is they spend money on projects to get reelected because they look great on paper and they'll, they'll underfund certain things like the liability they have for pensions, which shouldn't be allowed because now then you build this problem and then you point back to it and say, oh, the pensions are killing us. But really what's killing us is mismanagement. And we can see that in the city of Peoria, which just recently cut a, a number of 
uh, fire uh, positions and engines. And so that, that somewhat jeopardizes public safety there. And what they're saying, but then they, they do bailouts for other things that are around, like the uh, the convention center. And what they're saying is that the pensions are killing us, but it was the underfunding that created the hole in the first place and the mismanagement of a lot of funds around there. And they kind of blame that. And you, you hear people blame that on the economic downturn from COVID. But all of those conversations have been going on for the last decade since probably 2007. So that when you change the funding structure, you change the liability that comes in or, or how that liability is funded because you have different funds available. George, we're right up against the news here, but I definitely want to get your reaction to another issue, uh, and that is uh, House Speaker Michael Madigan. You're running as a Democrat. Uh, a couple of things here real quick, if you could keep it real short and succinct. Uh, are you going to take money from uh, Madigan-controlled political funds, and what's your take on him should he step down? I mean, I don't really have a necessary opinion on it because I don't know all the facts of it. I'm not involved with anybody else politically as far as political operatives, anybody invested, lobbyists, you know, political with people would call Vatican minions or anybody else. I mean, this campaign I'm running under the Democratic ticket because I believe in a lot of the values of the Democratic Party, but I'm not involved with or seeking advice or money or anything from any other what would be party power brokers or anybody who, who raises money. This is basically a campaign that, you know, I'm running to represent the people under the Democratic Party, again, because I, I, I appreciate the the values that I see in the party uh, opposed to the other. So, uh, no, I, I don't have any connection with anybody else necessarily, federally, statewide, anywhere. And, uh, again, I, I, I can't speak to the Madigan issue because I just don't know enough about what's going on with, you know, I know the allegations, but I don't know anything in depth if well, what's actually happened there. Sure. Well, George, again, thank you so much for taking time. We'll definitely connect with you in the near future because, uh, like, like I said, <laughs> via email, you definitely <laughs> showed you. that uh, you, no no, uh, no problems filling up two segments, which we uh, we did uh, without issue. So, George Petrilli, if people want more information, how can people get it? Uh, uh, website Petrilli for Congress, P-E-T-R-I-L-L-I for Congress.com or Facebook, Twitter. I'll have stuff coming out very soon about all other different issues. So stay tuned and let me know. What else I can do? Appreciate the time. Talk again soon.